Hey everybody, welcome to uh, the first of hopefully many uh, podcast kind of things here from NAB. Uh, here Monday, first day of NAB, and uh, I happen to run into Aaron Rabinowitz from Red Giant. And uh, we're just sitting here drinking coffees. We were going to call this Coffee Talk, but Aaron reminded me that Saturday Night Live already kind of got a hold on that one. Yeah. So, We'll, we'll figure out the name maybe of this kind of show later. Right. We, we were actually talking about maybe getting a shoe shine together at the same time and then talking over shoe shine, but that would be interesting. A little shoe shine talks. Yeah. I think uh, we. Uh, I would have the most polished shoes of the you would. place. You'd also hear a lot of. Right. <laughs> 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 it's very. Entire, <laughs> it's entire thing. Uh, but, expensive too. Yes. Uh, coffee's cheap. Um, anyway, so I figure what we do is. Uh, Pull some smart guys over here in the corner of NAB and talk about what they what they've been up to and, and uh, a little bit about the industry, a little bit about what it takes to be a, be a kind of creative person, be a computer nerd, and just be in this industry and make stuff. So I don't know what this will be, but hopefully yeah, it'll be cool. something. <clears throat> uh, the thing about um, I'll stop talking to everybody else and just start talking to Aaron. Sure. The thing about you, Aaron, and my, one of my favorite things you've ever written um, is this thing called. Uh, what is it? Uh, you're not as good as you no, think you are. You're not. You're not that talented in other advice. You're not that talented in other advice, and I always link up to it. And I always find myself rereading it, um, and it's really just it's packed full of good advice that almost any student, people getting into almost any creative industry, I think, um, would would need to kind of listen to. What what's what's your favorite piece from there? Well, there's a bunch of stuff in there that I that I really like. Um, there's there's two in there that really mean something to me, which one of them is that uh, obviously, you know, it starts off with you're not that talented. And the point was that there's lots of talented people, so you have to do more than be talented. But the thing that, that really stands out to me, the best piece of advice I ever got was shy people get nothing and that's what you deserve. And, I, you know, I don't know, do shy people deserve to not be happy? No, I mean, everyone deserves to be happy and deserves to get anything out of life. But we're in a career an industry where you're putting your art, and art is your soul, right? You're translating your soul into something people can see. And uh, if you're not able to handle that rejection, then you're in the wrong place. It's not a career for you. So, you know, shy people get nothing, put it out there, get ready for rejection, accept it when it happens, learn from it, and then you can get better at it. You know, but, but if you're shy, um, then you're then it's not gonna be, you know, then it's advice basically, they, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're keeping people from advising you to help make you better. And actually, interestingly enough, I shared that piece of advice to ask John Knoll what he thought of that. John Knoll, uh, you know, visual effects supervisor for Avatar and Star Wars, and I, I told him that I was, uh, the best piece of advice I ever got was shy people get nothing. And it was a really interesting conversation because he's a very introverted guy, very quiet guy. And, you know, at first he seemed really taken aback by it, but then he said, you know, I'm, in, you know, I'm introverted, it's very different from being shy. He, he said, I learned a long time ago that when, you're, when your people are working for you, you have to tell them what they're doing wrong so that they can make it better. And you know, you, you know we're post, so you can't fix it in post, right? Um, the, the point was that, that not only are you stealing from yourself when you're shy, you're also stealing from other people because you're not helping them to get better because you won't tell them how you feel. How you feel. I, I like the idea that there's a difference between <clears throat> being introverted and being shy. I, I found myself, um, as much as I wave my arms around and talk talk my head off, being introverted in a way where I like to get away from people and think and, and be alone. I, I like I'm, I'm a loner type. I'm like that too, actually. And and I but then when you are around people, when you are in a situation where you have to talk, then you know talk, get comfortable with being right. that person that is asking for what you want, 
telling people what you know and 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 not being shy about it. I remember when you pointed to that article on my site, someone wrote on your site, they're like, so no, I get it. You're telling me to be someone I'm not. And, and I responded to that, no, we're telling you to be someone you are. You have opinions, you have talent, you have creativity, but you're afraid to put any of that out there because you're afraid of rejection. Rejection is what keeps you from being yourself, keeps you from, from sharing what, the gift that you have with other people. I, there's something, there's something about the, um, I always bring everything back to a deadline all the time, and I think deadlines always help this situation. And we were actually talking about it at lunch, about putting something out every week or every month in a way that isn't just to put your art out and to learn from doing the process, but also to get used to showing your work and having other people talk about your work because uh, you might end up being that shy kind of artist in the basement if you don't uh, find a way to get it out and deal with the rejection or people liking it or people right. you know not liking it, people having opinions about things. That's a hard thing to learn. Well, you know, it's funny because one of the the problems with putting your stuff out there is it's almost it's a double-edged sword. You know, where you you put these tutorials out there and or you're you're showing your creative side because a lot of times when you do your tutorials, you're doing something creative. Sometimes you're breaking down other people's work, but sometimes you're just trying something new and interesting. And you know, people may not like it, or they might like it. The problem is, if they if they don't like it, you know, you get the people like, ah, it's just a terrible effect or something. But if they do like it, there's another side of that, which is, you know, people then think that that's how it has to be done, you know, and then they're they're not being creative with it. Also, it's again, it's like that sort of thing where, on one hand, you know, people may not like it, but if they do like it, they might like it so much that they then they, they put their own talent to the side to just recreate what other people are doing. To do it the way that they were taught to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's an experimentation thing, I think, and, and being comfortable with the tool. You know, I think we, I, you know, you, you guys have to know if you're listening, we, we talked at lunch for about <laughs> 20 minutes about all this stuff. Um, and, we, and one of the things, too, we talked about was, be, you know, playing, uh, realizing that you don't know everything about the software and how uh, we were even talking about how we watch our own tutorials. Yeah. You know, Aaron's been doing tutorials for how long now? I don't know, since like, since 2005 maybe, 2004? Yeah, I mean, he's, and how many hundreds of tutorials probably do you have online? It's, it's probably about 200 now. And, uh, and we, we, you know, we were saying how we, we go back and watch our own tutorials because we forget about stuff. Yeah, the, the big sham about what we do is that everyone thinks, you know, when we share our information that we're, we're holding stuff back. We're not holding back. We're sharing what we know, and that's it. And then we, we move on to learn something else, and then we share that with you folks too. And, and the, the thing is that, uh, that like, we forget it. Um, because if we're not using, it's like anything else in life. If you're not using it every day, it's gonna, it's gonna kinda go to the back of your mind. And, and for me, I recently had to do some animation. I had to go back to one of my quick tips to, to remember how to do the thing that I wanted to do. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, you could have ended up in the same place. You know, with enough time, you knew your, your brain figured it out then you would right. figure it out now but what's nice is you have a library now that you right. can go back and watch and really and th and that's really the difference and that's I think the power of the tutorials in general is that it makes a library for everybody so not yeah. everybody is starting from a zero point you know yeah. you, there's um, there's some knowledge there to, to help and pass around but I think really it was that conversation where we ended up saying you know you nobody knows everything and every button and what it does. And that, that's not people's job. People's job isn't to know the answer before it comes out. An artist's job is to be comfortable enough with their tools and to find the solution and, and, and to know that you can get yourself out of a problem, I think. Yeah, you know, I, I always think about that painter, I'm trying to remember his name, the guy who 
He's like, we're gonna paint a tree over here and another happy oh, one. Uh, Bob Ross. Right, Bob Ross. Okay, there's a guy who he showed every technique he ever had, and he would repeat it from like week to week. You know, like you would see the same stuff, but he did it so often that you know anybody who followed that stuff, even if it was just technique, you you understood the philosophy and the thought process behind creating this stuff. He he had a pattern to the way in which he created his art, and you end up you end up learning the technique so that. You're not going to make the same picture that he made. You know, he did. He did the same like the same techniques for. I mean, it must have been. I don't know how many episodes of that show existed. Hundreds, probably. And you know, it's it's the same thing. It's like if I want to paint a tree, what's that technique, right? Now I know how to do that, so I can create. And at the end, you know, he came up with something that looked entirely different, but that used the same thing from week to week. You know, and I think sometimes I wonder if there were little drugs involved. Paint a tree over here. And I, Happy tree right here. He was but nice. He was he was a very nice guy. I, I wonder I, if he ever got like really pissed when the camera got off, you know? When the camera like that would after that, hours. That would Beers be something with to Bob see. Ross. Right. That would be something to see. <laughs> no, I, I loved I loved that stuff as a kid. I used to watch that and I was totally into it. I wanted to paint. And then I tried it and I yeah, it was it was horrible. That's another learning curve yeah. there. Uh, so other stuff going on. So um, you work for Red Giant, right? I do. And so what do you do at Red Giant? Yeah, it's a I have a job title. Um, it doesn't describe the job at all, but I'm the director of communities, and um, I, I'm responsible for reaching out and connecting with the people that are using our tools. And uh, and sometimes that's done through sometimes it's done through Twitter or Facebook uh, tutorials, um, and sometimes it's done through finding artists um, and working with them. And I'll tell you a really interesting story. Uh, we're gonna have more about it on our blog. And even you don't know the story, so hey, it's new. It's new for you. <laughs> um, I saw, a, I saw a, a, I ran a contest on the Red Giant site for we needed for the movie we're working on. We're actually working on a film ourselves, and I'll talk more about that in a little bit. But working on this film, and we needed movie posters for one of the scenes. We needed a whole bunch of them. And I reached out and I said, hey, we're looking for movie posters, and uh, submit your stuff. And, and if you win, you know, we'll we'll give you a prize, and you'll also get it in the film. And uh, one of the posters that was there was for a movie called My Sucky Teen Romance, right? And it was, uh, it was this film that was um, made by a 16-year-old girl, now 18, um, but when she started, she was 16. And, you know, I saw a video of her talking to the community and saying, hey, I have this film, I'm working on it, you know, we're, we're a little short on money, here's the promo for the movie. You know, and it looked really good. And, I, and I, I reached out to her and I said, you know, I think that what you've got there is really amazing. I can't, we can't, I can't give you money. I don't have money to, to, to kind of donate to your thing. But what I can do is I can help you, um, I can help you get people on board. We can motivate them with some software and things like that. And uh, she was able to get the film finished on time for South by Southwest, you know. Um, I saw that at South by. I right? didn't see her film, but I saw the, the, some news around it. Yeah. Young and, girl, yeah. And she was, she was able to get it done. And she's been making movies. Uh, and this comes back to the, the piece of advice that I really think is the most important, which is know what you want to do. Because if you don't know what you want to do, you're never going to be successful. She's been directing movies since she was nine. There's actually a documentary about her from when she was 12 called Zombie Girl the Movie. Where, uh, and that, that documentary won awards um, about this girl. I mean, her movie was, you know, it wasn't, uh, what would you expect out of a 12-year-old who happens to be really talented but still has no, you know, real chops in making movies. But she made a feature-length film when she was 12. This time around, though, she put a lot of work into it. They had color grading, the whole nine yards put into this, and it, it's really, you know, it's not, it's not Avatar, um, but it's, it's a really good effort that that beats a lot of what I see in the theater. You know? Yeah, and you know what? She made a damn movie. Yeah, that's and, it. You know what? And 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 it, and it sounds like she's been doing it for five, six, seven years now. 
Yeah, I'm not and, sure. And it sounds like she's not done. And I think yeah. that that really speaks to the whole idea that start now. Yeah. You know, start now and don't wait. This, you don't. The, you don't need. Uh, uh, what did I read? Read about? Read on the internet. You know, some smart guy on the internet said this. Somebody find this. Um, and it was uh, you don't. You don't have to. You don't have to learn more to start. Yeah. And it sounds like. It sounds like that's exactly what she did. She started. And then she got better and better. Yeah, and you know it's interesting because I get I get uh, I get caught up in that a lot. The the it's like I need I don't have the things I need to do, so I can't get started. I do it all the time, and yep. you have to pull yourself out of that and say, you know, if I don't take the first step, you know, I'm never going to do anything. And Drew Little, who's uh, one of the co-founders of Red Giant, is often pushing me on that because, you know, we have like a an idea we want to do for a project. And I'm like, I just don't have the resources. He's like, just start the conversation with the person you want to work with. We'll go from there. Get the conversation started. I'm working on something with, you know, I can't really talk about it, but I'm, I'm I don't, and I'm, I'm sorry for saying that, but it's something we're just not ready to talk about. But I'm working on something big at Red Giant with, uh, with Stu. And we just basically spent the last few weeks, you know, an hour, once a week, just talking on the phone to come up with how we want to do this. And I don't really want to talk about what that is, but just to say that you know unless we, and if we didn't have those conversations nothing would ever get moving and now now we feel like there's some momentum and we can move forward with, with that project and it's it's the kind of thing where where you get caught up in in the details and instead of the the energy and the philosophy and and the you know details are what keep you from getting things done some of the time and yeah. sometimes they're really important I'm, I'm a details guy not you know you see the the tutorials that i do are so full of details but in terms of you know if you've watched my old tutorials they were cruddy in terms of editing compared to like what I do today and and if I had said well I'll wait till I'm a better editor I'll wait till I'm better at this then, then you'd have nothing yeah. so you know yeah waiting waiting till waiting till you're better at it doesn't happen without doing it and and like doing it and also showing it is even accelerates that process even more like I, I, I really think that whole idea that you didn't just practice tutorials and not put them out like you put them out and see how other yeah. people respond and some are good some are bad and you yeah. learn from that process. Yeah, you know it's a it's it's a constant struggle between between wanting to do the best job you can do, and wanting to do the job. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, you're it's 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 that 80, 90, 100 percent thing. You know, what I'm talking about where you have like you can get it's easy to get to 80 percent of the quality you want to get to. At 90 percent, you it's a it's hit or miss about whether or not you're losing money or in this case time or not. You know, 100 percent you'll never get it done. So stop, you know, if you're trying to go to 100%, you'll never get it done. It's, it's very rarely can you reach the, uh, the 100% thing. And I mentioned Avatar, and I, and I laugh because, you know, in terms of story, Avatar, please. I mean, there are people who call it Pocahontas Cat Monkey because it's totally based off of Pocahontas and several other films, in fact. And, uh, and, you know, for him, I think, you know, he moved the technology forward and everyone's really into that. If he had waited till he had a good story, that movie probably never would have come out, you know? I, I think the 80, I think the 80%, um, I think there's a lot there on like the 80-20 rule and just thinking about what matters, like putting time into things that matter. And maybe the details matter, but maybe they don't. I, I, um, you know, we, we all, uh, we, we were at dinner last night at the steakhouse and um, I think it was called Pampas or Pampas or something like that. And all of us as designers were all looking around and they had no central logo. They had, um, 
uh, the logo, the big logo above the steakhouse was set in one typeface, and the, the lo their logo on all the awnings on the outside were all set in another typeface and kerned totally differently. One was real packed, one was loose, and then the, the one on the sign out, out front was a totally another, there must have been four to five different ways that they put their logo and you can't even call it a logo at that point, but there was no branding, there's no issues. But you know, at the end of the day, they made some really damn good meat. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they brought really damn good meat around uh, that was cooked and it was delicious. You know yeah. what I mean? And so like they focused not on like what logo, they, they didn't spend the extra 10% of their time worrying about what logo to put out. They probably spent that time making the meat better. You know what I mean? I think there's something to be said about spending the time on some the, the stuff that matters. Yeah, and I, I come back to this to this uh, to this young woman who's made this film, and I think I think I don't remember what I was doing when I was 18, but I'm pretty sure it was like reading comic books or something, you know, like in, <laughs> in high school or something. I, you know, like I, I really don't remember doing anything important. Certainly not at the age of 16. That was, you know, I, I kind of wish I knew back then what I wanted to do. I've had a really long and interesting journey, and it's been very helpful to me in the latter part of my career so far like but in the first half of my you know my of me trying to find work was painful you know I didn't know what I wanted to do I was not really exposed to the world and I was kind of a lazy guy I wasn't out getting out there and, and sort of just trying to figure myself out and what she told me about the work that she did was that she's not just you know she decided she wanted to direct but you can't start with directing if you want to direct for real you know she she did her directing when she was younger but then she's also worked she's done sound she's done video editing she's done you know she's she's uh AD, you know, you know, she's done everything. So, like, she's been through the whole process, and which is why when she turned 16 and decided she was going to make this film, a lot of people that she had helped out and, and done all these little jobs for, they all fell in line behind her because they knew who she was. They knew that she she understood the process. She wasn't just some kid who was, you know, trying to make a video with her camera. And they and a lot of people who are professional who are you know have much more experience in the industry got behind her and, and did what she was trying to do. And there's follow through too. I mean, people yeah. knew. She made four or five other movies, it sounds like. Yeah. It sounds like when she stepped up to bat to do this one that people actually believed it. Where a lot of people, like idea people I see, you know, they, they show up with a great idea and they don't have the, the track record of uh, what else have you done? What else have right. you made? And she, she showed up with uh, not only the idea and ready to go and she knew what she wanted, but she had a track record of making stuff. Yeah, and, and I, I think, think that helps too. And I think that the, she built a lot of credibility. The story that, that she told me was that, um, you know, they don't let generally into the film festivals that are, you know, if you're involved, they don't let people under 18 for obvious reasons for the content in these film festivals. But she got special permission because she worked so hard to be able to take part in this, you know. Don't, sometimes there are rules, right? You know, there are rules sometimes. And, you know, there's a saying that rules are meant to be broken. That's true both in terms of real rules and in terms of art rules, you know, stay within the lines, right? You know, I, I tend to be a guy who likes to follow the rules a little more because it's easy to be or ordered, but that's lazy. And sometimes I have to break them to just, you know, to break out of that. It's it's hard for me because, like, you know, partially the introversion thing and not wanting to shake things up, but then also because, you know, I, I, uh, I you know, I'm, I'm an Orthodox Jew, right? And uh, and it's all about rules. You know, I've kind of, I've grown up with a very structured life, and so my parents don't even understand necessarily what it is I do, and I'm kind of an anomaly in my in my community, but. But I, uh, I love, I love what I do, and so it's, it's for me, just doing what I do is breaking the rules a lot of the time. Not really, just more like the philosophical uh, stuff. I was going to try to give my plot oh, hey. and I couldn't find it. What's up? How you doing, buddy? We're good. We're hey, I'm Steve. Hey, this Steve. Is Nick Campbell, from Digital hey, Juice. Oh, great. That's yeah, awesome. 
I was just down here chatting with uh, Matthias, and he pointed that you were down here and stuff, so I wanted to come down and say hello. Oh, that's anyway. great. Yeah, you gonna be around? Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, we're, um, I'm done for the day, but I'm, I'm around tomorrow, and uh, no, we're, I'm, I'm around. I mean, I can, I, I can probably stop by in a little bit. Already. Yeah, we're just recording something, and we're then just, uh, as soon as we're... Oh, okay, no, don't worry I'm about sorry, it. I'm no, sorry. no, no, no that's why we have editing machines. That's why all this other hardware exists. <laughs> but as soon as we're done, uh, where are you going to be? you be uh, hanging out? We, we don't have a booth this year, oh. so I'm just kind of out because i got appointments. Oh, you know, we have, a, we have a party at our booth tonight at 6, so you're going to... Do you want to... Like, it's just a beer, like, sit down, kind of casual beer thing at our booth. Yeah, I'm going there too, but oh, this before this is like when the like show the wait, wait, when, when the show That's right? right, when the show ends tonight. We show up at the lampshade at the ball. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Nice. Are you going there too, Dave? Yeah, I'll see yeah. you there. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I'll be, right, at, I'll be at the, I would actually stand up, but I'm actually tethered to Nick yeah, right now. So we're all tied no, in. Don't worry about no, it. not at all. Alright guys, talk to you. Take it easy. Nice to talk to you. We gotta get like fake microphones. Yeah, seriously. Uh where were we? Oh, we're talking about breaking the rules and I was saying, so I was, what I was saying was, it's not that I'm, there's rules in Judaism necessarily that I'm breaking by doing this. Not at all. Um, you know, it's just the, it's just that, uh, it's not commonly. I'm not a doctor, a lawyer, or an accountant. So you know, it's a totally different career choice for yeah. you know for most Orthodox Jews. Uh, one, every time we meet and hang out, I always remember that you, that you worked for Sesame Street. Yeah. And that always makes me really like geeked out because I, you know, like I think like a lot of. People are actually grew up with Sesame Street, yeah. and puppets, and all that stuff. And and uh, how was it? I mean, what what's it like to what's it, it was, like to work with Muppets? Well, on, on the one hand, it was really amazing, and on the other hand, it was really disappointing because you grow up with these people, these actors, and these characters, and they're and they're, you know, when I when I finally met the people, like the actors, I totally felt like I knew them. You know, like I felt comfortable because it was almost like. I met Bob in the hall the first time I met I met Bob. You know, the, you know Bob, right? And uh, and he he came up to me, and he's like, hey, and and I totally was looking at him, and I, I knew that I knew him from somewhere, but it was that moment of like, is this one of my parents' friends? Because obviously he's a bit older than me, right? But I'm like, I know, I'm like, it's so familiar. It's like, and then like about a minute into the conversation, I realized that it was Bob, you know, and uh, <laughs> and then he's like, do you know where the bathroom is? And I'm like, <laughs> that's really what he was coming up to me about, but. But I felt like for that moment that I knew him, it was so, it was such an overwhelming feeling of, of like, of like this familiarity, right? And they were all very nice, but they're not the people that they play. And the Muppets are, you know, the minute the camera ends, you know, sometimes the, the, the really, the really method actors stay in character, sort of. Um, I, 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 I probably, there's things I just can't say if I don't want to get sued. But. I'm, I'm guessing that there have been Muppets swearing at yes. certain times. There, there is a lot of swearing going off on. Off camera. Yeah, off camera <laughs> swearing in character. There is something about Grover swearing that is just, um, wow. Uh, but but it was, you know, it, that was like the part that like shattered you. Actually, the thing that really killed me was I walked in and onto the set of Sesame Street and there was a Snuffleupagus, when, they, when he's not being used, they hang him up on the ceiling and it's like a, it looked like basically like he'd been killed and like hung, you know, up on like, you know, it was horrible. <laughs> his eyes are all closed. Right, no, he's just, but his arms are outstretched and they have him like hanging up like, like a bear rug, you know, like a rug with the bear's head. So that's what it was like. It was really creepy. I would buy a Snuffleupagus rug. Yeah. I think there's, uh, there's something there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but it was awesome. It was probably the most, you know, with the exception of what I'm, some of the stuff I've been working on lately, it was probably the most interesting stuff I worked on because I had I felt the most connected to that than, than anything I've ever done because I spent you know my childhood learning to speak and learning to spell and learning to speak hey a little Spanish I know agua and I know how to count to ten so it's all from Sesame Street sign language I remember mm. learning sign language that that that's uh, 
That's always a great experience. Did you have a goal to work there, or did it just kind of happen to uh, to fall in? So I, um, I kind of have a thing on my side about how I talk about how I got to that job. But basically, I wanted to get into the film industry. I was having no, into television and broadcast and all that stuff. I was having no luck. I got out of college. I studied psychology, and I really wanted to, after working in a psych ward for half a year on uh, uh, Color Memorial Hospital, um, which is just depressing because it was like long-term care. There was there was no hope for the people. The psychology, in terms of where, you know where they are compared to medicine, was a bit behind. It's not like they really under, they don't even fully understand necessarily what's going on inside the brain. At least this is a while back they didn't. And um, there was just you give people drugs and you hope that it helps, and it was really depressing. And I realized I could just couldn't do it. I didn't want to take care of rich people who were like I had bad potty training, and now you know. So I wanted to take I wanted to help people, and it didn't seem like uh, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And then I got there and tried it, and it was wow, disastrous. So I was depressed all the time, you know, working with these people. So I decided that well, what 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 are, what's another way I can help people? I'm like children's television. I I love that. You know, that taught me so much. That's what I want to work in. And uh, I had a conversation with a, a producer at uh, at children's television workshop, and I just spoke to her for a few minutes. And then later I called her back when I, when I said, hey, I'm looking for an internship and happened to be one available. And, and that's how I kind of got in there. It was, but, but you know, I, I had to put myself out there. I had to, I had to call, even though I knew, there was a good chance, by the way, here's an example of breaking the rules. They only accepted college students for the internships. I was post-college at that point, but um, they only accepted college students. And I called and I just happened to catch them at a really good time for me, but bad for somebody else. And another intern had something in her family and she, she just had to quit the internship. And they had a hole to fill. And they're, you know, it was too late for students to get credit for it for the semester, so I just took it for a few months, and uh, that was how I first got started. Then I stayed another half a year, but you know, it was it was basically you know the right time. I knew that I was there was almost no chance I was going to get that because I knew you had to be you had to be uh, in college, and uh, I still asked anyway. And, you know, and that speaks to kind of the shyness thing too, and and knowing people, and and putting yourself out there, like you said, like. You know, right. I think I think that's well. Which she didn't. Know, the thing was, she she remembered having like a five or ten minute conversation with me, the producer for for the show that I wanted to work on, and um, and it, her her thought was, you know, I know this guy, you know, I know him, I've spoken to him, I like him, so I'm gonna hire him. You know, if I hadn't spent that time just talking to her, then it never would happen, because then I would have just been some guy calling in, and she'd be like, well, you know. It's against the rules, and I don't know you, so I'm not going to take the risk of the trouble that comes involved with getting a non-college student to do that. Yeah. So that you met before, so yeah, that's uh, I like that. So, all right, so we're running in. Let's see, what's time? Twenty-five uh, so minutes, something like that. How long do you want this thing? I'm thinking, to be? Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking half hour. All right. Well, it's remember like we, had a, we had a, we had a, a digital juice interruption there. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we need a. I'll, I'll have to talk in the middle yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We're kind of coming up with the format as we go. You're, you're the yeah. first one. Uh, maybe there's yeah. a question that I could ask uh, everybody. I, I'm planning on doing a few of these. I'm trying to think of one thing. Like, what's the closer? You know, what's the uh, what's the you know? Um... Well, the other piece of advice that I think is most important, and I recently had an experience in which I you know I put it to the test, and it's very very true. Um, we talked about saying how you need to know what you want to do. The thing is, a lot of us are very interested in a lot of the things that go on in our industry. Some people are into motion graphics, some people are into visual effects, and some people are into editing. And then we're all, a lot of us, we all touch into all those areas, you know, 3D. We have some interest in a little bit of everything. The thing is that, that if you don't know what you want to do, I'm interested in this, I could do that, you don't have direction. You, you have to, at some point, you've got to at least, in part, 
sort of choose a direction. If it's visual effects, you could be working in 3D, you could be working in 2D. If it's graphic design, then you know, you're gonna stay away from video tools for the most part, you're gonna stay in, but you have to hone the skills that you want to pursue and you have to have a plan. And inevitably, anytime someone comes to me and asks me what, uh, like, you know, for advice, the first question I ask them is, I say, what do you wanna do? And I know right away how successful that person's gonna be, at least in the short run, because if they can't tell me that, I'm comfortable doing video editing or I'm comfortable doing that, then, then I know right away that that person's not ready to, to put themselves out there and to get the work because they're not passionate enough about anything to say this one. I didn't ask you what you're gonna do. I didn't ask you, you know, what, what you can do. I asked you what, what you want to do. It doesn't matter, you know, what you wanna do is, is not gonna determine necessarily the job you get now, but you, if you don't know, if you don't know what it is you wanna do, you're not gonna have the passion. And frankly, there's a lot of people out there who have the same skills you do, but they have more passion than you. And uh, if you don't, if, if I wanna work with people personally who are really passionate about what they do. Um, I, I can't, I'm sure that the only time you don't wanna work with people who are passion, passionate or when you're, when you're in a job where you really don't want people to be creative and to think outside the box, like you know, maybe government work, I, I don't know. But outside that, you know, you, you know, you're hiring people, you want people who are passionate. And I'm, I'm in a really interesting situation with Red Giant because my job in communities allows me to hire artists for certain things. Um, like I said, we have this film that we're working on and I found this director whose work I just, I just loved it and he's so passionate about it. And I talked to him on the phone a couple of times and just from those conversations I knew that he was in line with the way that I think about things and I gave him the job to do, to, to work on this film. He and I co-wrote it and, and he's just gone with it. I've barely been involved except for like occasionally we needed uh, some color correction thought. I wanted to give him some direction on color or, or I wanted to, um, to help him find artists who could do some of the things that his core team of people couldn't do, like visual effects. So like Rob Redman, for example, is contributing to the film. And, you know, he didn't know Rob, but I just kind of put out there, I said, I said, you know, Rob, you, you, you should do, I asked people if they were interested in helping out and Rob was jumped right into it. And, you know, again, passion. It's like, just get in there, just do it. And, uh, and that's it. And, and without that passion, this film, you know, I can't imagine a filmmaker who's, who's kind of into it. How fast would that film get done, yeah. you know? I, that's actually, uh, I think you found the, the, the question I'll ask, which is, uh, you know, what's the one piece of advice you would give somebody? I think that's really, that's really a key part is knowing, um, having that answer to people when they, when they ask you. And I run into a lot, I get a lot of emails too from people that aren't quite sure that I think they're interested in a lot of different things. Do you, what what if what if somebody truly is interested in a lot of different things? Is there a way, maybe a way to hone in or figure out what they may be good better at? Or okay, so here's here's a great example of, of like you're interested in a lot of different things. What what's a what's a career that brings all of that together, right? Yeah. So a guy says I'm really interested in in uh, I'm really interested in, in you know filming music videos. I really want to film music videos, but then you see his work and he's not that great at filming. But you know what? Being a producer is, you, a lot of people might feel that that's not a creative role necessarily. I can tell you that if you have the vision but not the talent necessarily, you get talented people to work and you help them to come to your vision, you get the same satisfaction that you do than, than doing it. Probably even more so because it's a much bigger picture. You, you, you basically had a bunch of people that you helped to bring your vision to life. And for me, this film is one of those things. But when I was a producer at uh, MTV, my job was to get a lot of people to to work on a project and to come together with a vision and, and that's you know that's what it is it's it's I got a lot of pleasure out of seeing what I wanted to have done done without having to sweat the work a lot of the time 
So I think you have to ask yourself, do you want to be, do you want to be a motion graphics animator your whole life, or do you want to start eventually becoming becoming like the, the, not producer maybe is the wrong word, but like the lead animator or the, the or you know, the art director. Yeah. You know, do you, you know that's, that's it. An art director doesn't necessarily have all the skills of the, of the really skilled animators. I mean, at, M, at MTV Land, you know, MTV, TV Land, Nick at Night, the art directors would hire really talented 3D guys because, you know, they didn't have anyone on staff and, the, and these guys couldn't do it. They find people who have talent, but who don't necessarily have the vision they have, and they say, "This is the vision I have. Here's a storyboard," and then these guys translate it. So they get to they get to get the project done, but without without having to necessarily do that work. So it's not just asking yourself what you want to do now. It's it's important to know what you want to do now, but it's more important to know what you want to do eventually. And that may be hard when you're young. You know, it's harder to necessarily know that, but certainly try to find out now what you want to do and start getting into it. And maybe you'll find out that's not what you want to do. Maybe you'll you'll see you'll start working with other people who are in the same related area, but. You know, you, you might be like, I'm really into doing character animation, but then you start seeing how beautiful the guys who light, you know, the guys who do the lighting, are like, wow, I wish I could do that. And then suddenly you become passionate about lighting, you know? Yeah, being passionate about one thing will, even if it changes, will drive you into the next thing. Right. Instead of being like ambiguous about everything. And for me, you know, that's, that's really the thing about my career. I, just, I said to you before that, that I had an interesting career path, which was I went from being a, uh, a production assistant, an intern production assistant, to a technical manager, and then from there a producer, and then eventually an animator. I followed this really weird path because I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And you know, once I found animation, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And um, and all that experience has helped me to eventually become you know more more in a more centered producer type role where I can get a lot of material. Hey, I got stuff out of you. You know, Nick Campbell's. Uh, Campbell's vintage film for looks, right? How, did, I, did I spend time on the phone, while, you know, like talking to you about the vision of it, right? You know? Absolutely. And and talking about like, you know, we've got the Guru preset packs at Red Giant. We've got tutorials. You know, I spent time talking to people about tutorials. Like, they're like, well, what do you want me to do? I'm like, listen, you tell me what you want to do, and let's talk about how we can make it work for Red Giant. So, it's I get to coordinate a lot of cool stuff. And even though I don't necessarily do it myself, I help, I facilitate artists to be creative. And to me, that's extremely valuable. And it's also it gives me so much pleasure to help other people to to be creative. You know? I think that's great. I can't end, can't end better than that. Uh, thanks for being the first one. Yeah, I appreciate it. I let, appreciate me, it. Yeah. let me stumble through all this. Yeah. <laughs> get all the mics working. We're sitting here in the corner of uh, NAB, yep. uh, kind of checking it all out. And uh, I, think, I, think it, I think it actually worked. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll, find, we'll find out when this comes out. Aaron, I really appreciate it. Thanks, uh, uh, thanks for having we, me. We'll be checking out your uh, a uh, short film that'll be out soon. Yeah. And uh, you can see more uh, with Aaron Rubinowitz at uh, redgiant.com. And uh, anything else, people, what's your site again? Uh, Allbetsareoff.com. Allbetsareoff.com. I'll be honest with you, I haven't updated it as much as I would like to recently because I've been so involved in so many cool projects. It's not a good excuse, but it's kind of like, you know, I've got the Red Giant site, which I'm responsible for all the blogging at, and uh, I do that there too on the Red Giant blog. You know, I try to do stuff on my own site that, if it's related to what I'm doing, that's not Red Giant. But lately, it's been a lot of Red Giant stuff, and I love it. It's the best job I've ever had. You know? That's awesome. So check that out uh, yeah. as well. Uh, all bets are off. Allbetsareoff.com. And at Red Giant. And Red Giant. You see Aaron, give him a high five for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks again, man. Talk to you.